Hello, it's Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Orange County, California. My little Miss Susie Bake Oven sitting next to me. <laughs> Susie, happy homemaker right, right. here. That's awesome. So it is uh, Sunday, August 14th at 9.36. I think it's a little late for everybody. Yeah, we've been Let's on earlier, but uh, Hetty was busy baking with her, what was, it, what was that thing called? I had an apron on. On your apron. You look like a, a lady from the 50s. Did I? Yes. It was pretty cool. awesome. Cool. What were you making? Uh, macarons. Cinnamon swirl macarons. Macarons? Macaroons? Macarons. Macarons. They're not macaroons. Really? Macarons, macarons. It's it, they're not the same as the macaroon, which is entirely coconut. Macarons, French macarons, are made with almond flour and sugar. Wow, the things I learned. Yeah, you teach me so much, Nooks. <laughs> hey, go to resurrectministry.com. What are they going to find there, Hedia? They're going to find all of our contact, the contact, our contact information, and our content. <laughs> This is we have our devotional, we have Andy's Fearless Man podcast, the Christian Post articles, Bible resources, pastors maybe you've never heard before. You have an opportunity to drop us a line, send us a comment. We read those ourselves. And also, if you are inclined to partner with us, we'd be blessed by a donation of any amount. Yes. Awesome. That was fantastic. Thank you. We may have to remember to do this. We'll, we'll cut out the Susie Bake Oven part, but okay. everything else is good. All right, let's get rid of the frame there. And we're going to go to our devotional, which is Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon. And uh, how do they distinct this version against the others? Jim Ryman's version, because he changes the English and he provides a commentary on each devotional. Very good. Okay, for August 14th, Charles says, oh, no, the reference is, Psalm 92, 4, which says, you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. Mm. Mm, let's see what he has to say about this. Charles says, do you believe your sins are forgiven and that Christ may, made full atonement for them? I do. If so, what a joyful Christian you should be. Hallelujah. <laughs> and how you should be able to live above the common trials and troubles of the world. For since your sin is forgiven... Does it really matter what happens to you now? Now this gets really bold right here. Yeah. Martin Luther once said, strike, Lord, strike, for my sin is forgiven. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds super risky. As long as you have forgiven me, strike me as hard a blow as you will. In a similar spirit, you may say, send sickness, poverty, no, <laughs> losses, crosses, persecution, or whatever is your will. For you have forgiven me, and my soul is glad. Wow. How do you get to that point? I don't know. I can't, do we really I, have to get to that I point? I can't see it. It's too I mean, late we, in our life for that. I mean, we could say, because <laughs> we're too old to suffer. <laughs> yeah, if we were younger, maybe. Uh, I could put up with some of that stuff. And I did. I, 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 I put up with poverty and losses. But you did that to you. He didn't yep. do that to you. Always have to drag myself <laughs> back into the story. I'm, the well, old man is dead. But Snooks. that was BC. You were talking about BC. Okay. It was BC. Can I, can I continue? Can I, Charles has more to say. <laughs> okay. Dear Christian, if you have experienced the joy of salvation, be grateful and loving. Cling to the cross that took your sin away and serve him who served you. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That's from Roman 
Romans 12, 1. Do not allow your zeal to evaporate in some short outburst of song, but show your love in continuing expressive acts. Love the family of him who loved you. For example, if there is a Mephibosheth okay, in your life who is disabled, show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. If you know a poor, troubled believer, weep with him and bear his cross for the sake of him who wept for you and before your, and bore your sins. Since you have been forgiven freely for Jesus' sake, go and tell others the joyful news of pardoning mercy. Never be content to keep this inexpressible blessing for yourself alone, but share the story of the cross wherever you go. Holy gladness and holy boldness will make any believer a good preacher, and the entire world will be a pulpit for you. The, the most powerful sermons come from cheerful holiness, but the Lord must give it to you. Seek it this morning before you leave to face the world. For when it, when it is the Lord's work in which we rejoice, we need never be concerned. We are too joyful. Yeah. All right. So. Whatever you say, what, Chuck. Yeah, I don't know about that whole calling sickness and persecution onto yourself. Yeah. We have to be willing to tolerate it, that's for sure, and not be surprised by it when it happens. Mm -hmm. But to call it on yourself, mm, sounds a little risky. Uh, but then, to me, this entire devotional, in a nutshell, which is why uh, Christ refers to it as the most powerful commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Love the family of him who loved you. So it's just a call to have that joy and surety of salvation and sharing it with others. That's what he wants us to do. However, we're used, however we're called mm. to do that. You know, I was watching a little bit of The Chosen, yeah. which I do uh, on occasion, just catch up with and just having a rewatch. I like rewatching the series yes. because the third season should come out here pretty soon. But uh, it's in the early stages when Jesus is um, just beginning to start his ministry. And he's already had the wedding now where I'm at in the, the they ran out of wine mm. and he made wine. And then he's beginning to gather these people, these men and women oh, yeah. to follow him, the, his 12 disciples. Yes. Um, and one of the scenes is about them realizing that they're no longer going to be in the comforts of their home, no. that they're, we're going to do what? We're going to be camping now i mean we're gonna be making and they're building a tent and they're exhausted oh. uh but i i loved it because i got the thinking and i go what if that just what i mean with everything that's happening i mean it, it's not really far-fetched that that we'll be, be on the run we'll be on the run we'll be out in the wilderness <laughs> and oh and, and jesus just... <laughs> take me home please <laughs> i don't i don't want to do that i don't want to camp jesus <laughs> and as I was reading this, I was going to where I was thinking when I was watching the show, I was like, wow, wouldn't that be something? Because I saw you in your apron in the kitchen, and that's almost like the wilderness <laughs> in some aspects. <laughs> and you came up and you came up, and this all happened, right? You came up to the room and you go, oh, I'm exhausted. I said, yes, <laughs> but why are you exhausted? It's because you were Bonding. doing something great. Bonding. Yes, but bonding with your daughter—if if I can bring 
a, a play, place of you thinking about the joy of why you're tired. It was like, oh yeah, I'm tired because I was spending time with my daughter. Yes. Imagine when I say it, when you when you got dirt on your face and and you and your hands have you know their calluses. their calluses and they're dirty and your fingernails don't not, don't have the nice little coloring they have and you and you go and I said yes but we're doing it for Jesus or okay so if we're doing it for Jesus not to survive no it's for Jesus okay kind of that's what missionaries feel every day yeah. like the family we met that was in Cambodia for 13 years oh, my so extraordinary how much people sacrifice for Jesus. Yeah, but just that's one thing you just got to always remind yourself. You, you go, oh, I'm so tired. But the reason I'm tired is because of the greatness of what it is that I'm doing. Yes. For him, not what I'm doing. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remind you that when you fall into the bed, too. <laughs> when I pile up a bunch of leaves to make my mattress. Yeah. Uh, leaves and whatever else, soft, I, whatever else I can find. What do we, oh, we have a huge audience tonight. <laughs> it is Sunday at 10 o'clock. Yeah, everybody's getting ready for their work week. Um, as you're watching, please uh, say hello and type in the comments. And have, have you had to take a very challenging time, whether it's sickness or, you know, being broke, living out of your car or something like that? And, and were you able to turn it to joy because of your relationship with God? Um, I like that cheerful holiness. Yes. Yes, but I, I can I can relate only because of that, you know, my the period of time where I had COVID and the cancer and all that kind of stuff. That was some of the most remarkable uh, times of my life. Yes. And, I, and I really do um, kind of fall back on that from time to time. Yeah. And, and, and remember that during my most should have been my most troubling or most difficult times, it was, it was the most joy, joyous. And I think about everything that came out of it, which is, I mean, us, number one. Um, you had a good nurse. I had a great nurse. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, there is a way to look at that. I, 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 I often went to that um, part of scripture. Um, and now I can't remember what it is. Is it John? <laughs> uh, where it says, call all things joy, call all uh, oh, count it all joy. Yeah, count it all joy. I think it's James, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, I think it is James. Like yes. James 1, 2 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I used to, it's almost like what I do with burpees. You know, when I do CrossFit or something like that, and they go, okay, you got to do 10 burpees. And I go, yes, I love burpees. Burpees are my favorite. And I, I really, I hate burpees. They're the worst thing. But I tell myself, man, I cannot wait until we can do the burpees. It's fantastic. So that scripture, whenever things are challenging, I would go, oh, I love it. I'm counting it all joy. <laughs> but it was more like I'm trying to get past yeah, but right? it's a good methodology. But then, you know, during the sickness and all that kind of stuff, I was really having a, a joyous time. Count it all joy, even when you incur sufferings. Yes. So that is a very good lesson to remember. I don't want to be like the, so we went to a, a comedy show last night. We saw uh, Tom uh, Papa, who was, a, he's, my stomach still hurts from laughing so hard. The guy was pretty funny. But he, there was a comedian before him who was a young woman. And uh, part of her uh, set, she, she, you know, talked about her dad and, she, and her dad had passed and talked about how at the very last moment he called upon God and, and, and she goes, what a, I mean, it's going to say what she said. She goes, what a baller move. He, he lived his entire life. And at the last second, 
he said, I believe oh, in God. God. Yeah. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> it was, although it was funny, I go, I don't know. You can't take those chances. No. And you I think Jack, Jack might have even mentioned that today, didn't he? That you, you, why, why are you waiting until the last moment? Or and what? you don't know when that last moment You don't know what it's going to be. It could be on the way home from church. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that, that was that's really risky. Look at Anne Hecht. Yeah, Hecht. Yeah. Hetch. She yeah. was just... Well, and we, she did that on purpose, it, it appears. And you can see she her. killed herself on purpose? Well, she drove, she was driving a car and she floored it. She was driving something like 100 miles an hour into the house. They got it on camera. They can see it on one oh, of the, the rings. Into whose house was it? It's random, some poor person's house. You know, she picked some house at random and oh, destroyed their, wow. their house. I had no idea. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. But again, I mean, sometimes those things, those feelings come upon you. and That's tragic. And very tragic. Um, but yeah, I don't want to wait till the last minute to, uh, I don't want to, I'm not taking any, taking any chances. Well, you already. Yeah, no, I love, you I love already, God. You already sold out. <laughs> yes, for sure. What about you? I know I took, I took all the time there. <laughs> it's okay. I'm still experiencing the joy of having been cooking <laughs> and running around church day. Our church is a little bit of a production, folks. You gotta wake up early, you gotta get in line, you gotta run to the seat. Find you a parking spot. Yeah, you gotta spot, hold spot. the seat, and there's a lot of worship, and we gotta be on our feet. People chatting uh, with you. People chatting. <laughs> but it was, oh, that woman said the sweetest thing. I had a woman come up to and say the absolute. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Thing. I meant to ask you about that whole conversation. Yeah, she just said that I watched your podcast with Pastor Jack and. Uh, my daughter is going to college and wants to go to law school and wants to be a congressperson. And she said, look, you can grow up and be just like that lady. I want you to grow up and be just like her. And I was like, oh, that is so sweet. No, not like that. But I get the message. I get the point. That's a really nice point. You don't want her to go down my road. No. Oh. You don't want her spending 20-something years in a cult. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Bypass the cult part. Go straight to the Jesus part. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get to the scripture really quick, uh, and then we can come back to uh, your life. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. Psalm 92.4. Yes. Romans 12.1, I think that was the whole thing. Um, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Second hmm. Samuel, Samuel 9, 1. David asks, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? This is actually quite a beautiful story. Hmm. So uh, King Saul was driving um, David crazy, was just chasing him down and hunting him down because he was his success. He knew he was going to be a successor. Saul was supposed to have an eternal kingdom. And then he disobeyed God and God cut short his kingdom. And so David was supposed to take over next. And David was a aide to Saul. And then Saul got very jealous of him and then just spent years and years hunting David. And John. So this isn't the Saul that became Paul. No. Okay. This is Old Testament. And Saul had a son named Jonathan and um, Mephizabeth. I can't, I can't, I've heard so many pastors say this name. Mechizabeth, but I don't know why I can't pronounce it right now. But uh, he was handicapped and oh. like like severely uh, mentally handicapped and challenged. 
but David showed him kindness because he loved Jonathan, his brother. And it was, uh, it's a really beautiful story of how kind he was to him. And no one had ever shown him kindness because in those days when you were handicapped, you were just locked away mm -hmm. uh, in his room. And so it's just a really beautiful story of how he showed him kindness for the sake of what Jonathan had done for him. And Jonathan was Saul's strong son uh, that helped David to escape. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Good job. Um, you can talk about church day. Yeah, but anything else in, re refresh, uh, in reference to the devotional that comes to mind? Just, it's a pretty simple one, right? You just have to enjoy in some of these adversities. I, but again, you're right. I, I don't know that I would call God and say, you know what? Give it to send me. Send it down. Yeah, send some lightning my way. Yeah. I, I can take what you got. No. It seems a little pompous. Yes. I'm, it's, I'm bad enough. I don't need <laughs> need to call upon his wrath right. for, oh. for no good reason. Yeah, because we're, I, I can be very cheerful about being saved without having to suffer wrath. Right. I'd right. like to believe that. Kate says, hi, from freezing Canberra. Oh, sorry, it's cold. Oh. We're having a heat wave. Yes. It's 96 out here. <laughs> it's been crazy hot for it, days. Yeah, it has been pretty hot. Um, but what Jack always says, for Christians, this is as hot as it's going to get. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> yes. So today was, uh, of course, Sunday. We go to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, which is uh, our church with uh, Pastor Jack Gibbs. And um, another obvious, always a good message when Jack shows up, <laughs> when he's there. I only say that because he hasn't been there uh, for the last couple of months every so often. So what, uh, what really uh, was one of the best things you took away from today's message? Uh, let's see. We, so here I, I saved this. We purify ourselves and draw closer to him because our spirit knows we're going to meet Jesus in eternity. We will see him as he is and we will be like him. So we are drawn to the purification process. So, uh, though we like the Holy spirit creates a yearning in us not to sin and to purify ourselves, but ultimately, because we are Christ's bride, we're really doing that to beautify and purify ourselves because we know we're going to see him mm -hmm. and we don't want to be ashamed. And so it's just like when you're going to a fancy event when you're a kid and your mom's like, don't wear those pants. Don't put those shoes like trying to make you look good for the relatives or whoever's coming to visit or wherever you're going. It's like what the Holy Spirit does with us. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. You you want to see Jesus. You want to see Jesus. You don't have to answer for that. Because at the Bema Seat of Christ, we're all gonna—we're still gonna know our deeds. Mm. He's still gonna call attention to our deeds, and we will know what a great sacrifice He made for our salvation. But He's—He's he's forewarning us not uh, to do so many things that are so humiliating that when we get up there, we're embarrassed. Mm. So the—the the better we quote look, uh, the better the experience is going to be when we meet Him. Right. What I like, it, I love learning. I just love what I learned at uh, Calvary yes. Chapel because I learned so many things that I thought to be true or not true and vice versa. Um, and I always thought it was Eve who was the one who caused us so much we grief. We have been redeemed. <laughs> I was one of Wasn't Eve. <laughs> Eve sinned. Adam I don't know. I don't know if I want to believe this. Adam transgressed. Which was He's worse. Threw it in God's face. I know I should obey you, but I don't want to. And what did he do? He made a choice. 
you made a choice to follow his tart. I've never heard Eve referred to as the tart. Oh, well, people say bad things about it. A lot of women say bad things about Eve because they're like, you damned us to this misery. (laughs) But now I say, no, she was just a little whimsical. Yes. She shouldn't have done that. But it was Adam. He was the head. He was the one that was connected (sighs) to God. He was the one that should have been schnooks. This is not a good idea. Let's not do this. I'm telling you. Put the apple down. Put Put it it down. down. (laughs) Give it to the snake. But he didn't. He's like, yeah, let's eat it. Uh, Great idea. But it's, um, yeah, my entire life up until the last, you know, couple of years, I I blamed everything on Eve. And Adam was like, just like an innocent bystander. And got drug into this whole I'm glad you see the truth now. (laughs) Very important. It completely changes the male-female dynamic in Christianity when you blame Adam instead Mm -hmm. of Eve. And then and then understanding how important the understanding that that Adam was somewhat of the first Jesus, the first man. Adam, yeah, Adam. Uh, Jesus is the second Adam. The J- Adam Jesus is the second. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't go the other the, direction. The other, the other way around. But uh, just understanding that concept is, uh, as as it's been taught, to understand the the differences between the two, but the importance of understanding it. Well, the 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 simple, you know, like the layman's version mm-hmm. of all that that we learned today, uh, and we and he was going through Romans five, ten through twenty one is that all the sin that came through one man for the entire humanity starts with one man. And from one man, the second Adam, who is Christ, um, all grace abounds. But the funny thing is the way you can understand this is Adam messed it up. So Jesus had to come back and fix it. Hmm. So basically, Adam destroyed humanity by, by entering sin, and Jesus had to redeem us all. And the only way we could be redeemed was by the God man, because no one else could have lived in perfection. The law had to be satisfied that God is just. And so someone had to come and lived, live a perfect life so that the law would be satisfied. It had to be a recompense. It had to be the right payment um, for our sins. Hmm. And that is only possible through Jesus. So then we have this new math equation that uh, it's not new because I've heard it before, but just uh, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around it, that Jesus was 100% human and 100% God. Yes, how, how, the God man. Can you help my brain kind of just understand that? How could he be, how can he be 100% one thing and then 100%? It, it's those... I like to think of them as superimposed <laughs> on each other. Hmm. So it is, it's the same thing as like, how does God... How was in the beginning was a word, the word was with God, the word was God, the word came down to earth, wrapped in flesh, and dwelt among us. Mm-hmm. So, how did the word turn into God and then get wrapped in flesh? Now, these are concepts you have to believe because not just faith, I'm not saying it like because it's a fairy tale, but you have to understand, just like if somebody would have told tell people you'll be able to fly in the air and get from California to Japan without a horse. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? Or without a train? How will we be able to fly in the air? That makes no sense. It's it's a grandiose concept like that because we haven't seen it. 
mm. that it's being described to us and we can't experience it except when we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The concept of being 100% one thing and 100% another is difficult to wrap our brains around because we haven't experienced it yet. Okay. So why then did Jesus have to be everything that we are? Why, why does he have to be, had the, the pain? Why did he have to suffer um, you temptation. Know, temptation and even injury from time to time? sleepless nights, being tired, being thirsty. Why, in order for all this to work, did he have to be that all us? Well, the way, way the way it was explained is that that's the only way it would have been a ransom for us, mm -hmm. is that he proved through his existence only, this is my understanding, that this law could be fulfilled by someone who is 100% human and 100% God, and therefore is a, a worthy recompensation for all the sin of man. Mm -hmm. If he was only partly man, you know, and mostly God, then it wouldn't be an equal price. He had to be entirely man to be able to forgive man's sin. And Humans. maybe a, a little bit, it's easier for us to, to accept that he knows what it is when we're in pain. That too. So, to so we could to, say, Jesus, we do he, not have a, if he never felt pain, we could say, so you're God, you don't know what we're going through. Absolutely. You don't know what we felt when we were uh, tempted by a woman. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't recall the verse exactly right now, but he even says that, that we have an intercessor that knows our, our weaknesses. Because hmm. he experienced it himself. Exactly. But yet being perfect, he was able to overcome it all. Exactly. And so we look at him and go, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Maybe not. <laughs> at least we could try. We could try to be like him. Um, what else today? What else was that jumped out at you? Uh, what was that we were talking about that was... Searching our notes. Hmm. That may be it. Uh, oh, the, all the the resources that he's given us is that it, we have no we we have no concept. We we think of hoarding treasure here on earth mm. and of wealth, and we can't take any of that with us. It'll do us no good in eternity. Will do us no good in the grave. Nothing. It'll all disappear. It says, but Christ provides us this wealth of resources, giving us the Holy Spirit, guiding us through our life, giving us eternity. And when we get there, we're going to know even more of what his treasures are. And he says that we just cannot understand the wealth, mm. the spiritual wealth that Christ has set aside for us. Um, then it's nothing that compares to this world. So whatever we we should be willing to sacrifice anything in this world to receive the wealth of resources that he has stored for us. Yeah, and he used a couple, you know, the people that everybody knows, like Steve Jobs or uh, right. Gates. What's Gates' first name? Not Brad Gates. Bill. That's the chief of or sheriff of Orange County. Bill. <laughs> Bill Gates. Bill Gates. That, uh, you know, they're on their deathbed, and now you're saying, you know, look at all this stuff you have. But do you have a relationship with God? That's the most important thing. Exactly. And uh, just gave that example. And then the last thing I remember that uh, today that oh, Jack did was... The a, bad actions? Is that one you... Hmm. You know, you no matter what, you're gonna to have to pay for the things you reap what you sow. Yep. Well, that 
but uh, the thing he goes, just you're on your deathbed and you close your eyes and you open them and now you're standing yes. next to Jesus. That it's you close your eyes. There's there's no real time of darkness. No, you uh, will not experience the grave and the punishment <laughs> of the grave or any of it. Yeah. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. That's yeah, awesome. And I and I love that other one where he said <laughs> he said that the when people think that the life with Christ on this earth is easy, it is. It, it is ridiculous because he says he has some people come to him. He says, oh, I did this crime. I was guilt. I was convicted. So now that I became a believer, will I not have to go to jail? And he's like, uh, no, you are going to go to jail. <laughs> you will. He's like, you, you're even though our soul, our salvation occurs in an instant, our soul will still I mean, our bodies will still reap the consequences of what we sowed. And people who come into Christianity thinking that all that's mm. going to get wiped out, that your actions are no longer going to have consequences is foolishness because your actions will have the consequences that are subject to the laws of the earth. But while you're in prison, you have the opportunity to share the gospel. Yes. So, <laughs> well, the good news is you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're going to be spending 10 years in jail. <laughs> Uh, we'll visit you. Share, share, we'll visit you, but you'll be sharing the gospel in those ten years, and that there's an opportunity for you. Uh, and then when you get out, you can, uh, yeah, then you can move on to the next phase of whatever God yes. calls you to do. So Kate gives you the pronunciation. Does this help? Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. So that's not chef. No. Okay. I mean, not that, not the way I've heard, but you know, all different accents in countries would right. pronounce it different. Mephibosheth. But it, but it's the Mephiba part that I didn't get. It's a fun, it's Mephibosheth. a F. Mephibosheth. Okay, sounds good. Anytime we have that in a story, you're gonna a, a devotional, you're gonna read it. All right, and Kate says, same as how does God live in us? We can't grasp it with our human minds. Jack even covered that today. Yes, about that. Um, it is uh, interesting, you know, that they, to really think about it to try to grasp it is so difficult. It's like the looking up under the stars and just grasping the vastness of the stars. It's just beyond what I can even imagine. And that's why I said, like, since I've been a, a seeker of God for my, for most of my entire adult life, uh, even though I found a false one first, it is, I've been gifted with the ability to understand, to accept the supernatural without understanding it with my mind. Hmm. Cause I really think that's a blessing. Cause I know a lot of people um, actually never come to faith because they cannot grasp struggle. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 if I can't grasp it with my mind, I can't believe it. And I honestly, it's, it's a gift of God that I don't, that's usually not an obstacle for me. Hmm. I just take things as they are and they, and the Lord just gives me peace with them. But it is, it is really a hindrance for some people to feel like that they have to mentally understand all of it. 57 years. It took you I struggled because <laughs> you, you wanted to mentally understand. Yes, it. yeah, that's that's a huge barrier for people. It you is. Know? It's so hard. I need to see it. I need to feel it. I yeah, need to touch see, it. I... I need to understand it. Explain to me how this works. Show me an example. That's yeah. why I wrote that book, Walking with God and the Dog, is because that was my example of how something in the name of a dog showed me that his love was so great for me that in spite of me beating him and allowing him to be beaten by the trainer, he still saved my life. So is that, that was, that's the type of thing that I needed to see, but I think God gave it to me. 
Oh, for sure. And he gives uh, us what he needs because he's calling us. Yes. Yeah, I, I, it's never been my thing. <laughs> I definitely have other shortcomings, but that one's not. <laughs> what? What? I oh, very few. Very yes, I don't know that I've ever seen one. You've seen many. <laughs> <laughs> my creature comforts. Kate, um, is a me too, which uh, I'm assuming is me. Probably. Yes. Yes, of course. Kate and I have so much in common. See? There you go. <laughs> so you're uh, interviewed on another show today. Yes. Um, and it was a friend of ours. Yeah. More a friend of yours. And then I, it's I, I, become, ours. I become a friend. We went to their wedding. He had met his wife. Yes. Um, but uh, finally, um, you uh, started to, or he started, not you. He started his uh, ministry on Christian.com. Yes. Which is crazy having that URL, number one. It was a long, winding road to get there. <laughs> long, winding But how, uh, it's so cool to finally see the results of stuff that we've been talking about with him and, and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that's, it's still just in its infancy. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he does with it. But uh, So go to christian.com. It's, it's like it's spelled. It's no, there's no tricks. No. Nope. There's no like X-trin, christian.com. And um, so it's a podcast. Is that... Yes, he does it as a podcast too. So it's a Facebook Live, and then he puts it out on Rumble and all the other ones. He later takes the video and very good. Yeah. You know any of the plans? Can we share any of the plans, or are we keeping that? I don't know any of them to tell you the truth. I think they may have changed since we last spoke to him. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't wait. But he, but I mean, in the in the farthest reach of it, he's planning on finding alternative FEMA camps for us believers that (laughs) that we will eventually. And you know what's so interesting? Hmm. I've had dreams of those camps when I was a Muslim. And it was always, so people in my community always believe that that was the future of Muslims. And it makes me wonder if seeing those dreams, because then I had a similar dream of being hunted by the police when I was a Christian. And it scared the daylights out of hmm. me because I was thinking, I told you that dream. Yeah. And I, it scared the daylights out of me because I popped out of bed thinking, Lord, what in the world would lead me as a Christian to be hunted by the government? And it was, this was two and a half years ago, folks. And so, yeah. And so now I was like, wow, now I'm replaying those dreams in my mind that I had before and being like, whoa, okay, so maybe it's not the Muslims in the camp. It's <laughs> me as a Christian that's in the camp. Or maybe it's a whole lot of people in the camp. Maybe the Muslims end up in the camp because they think they're terrorists. Like they're compartmentalizing us. And you're talking about camps like uh, during World War II, the Japanese were in internment camps. Internment camps. Very, that's the type of thing you're talking about? That yes. We're all gathered up and put into these camps. And we've seen them even in in movies of after a major pandemic. Yeah. They put people in camps to quarantine them. Like there's a variety of reasons why governments implement those camps. We saw them in Shanghai and I mean, it was China in the outskirts during COVID, right? They were mm. sticking people in camps. We're not that far off from the, the Japanese internment camps. I mean, my father was in World War II and yeah. you know, he told me that, you know, about these camps when I was a kid growing Absolutely. up. Absolutely. And then we'd go fishing out in Lake Isabella and there's a city named Japan. Japan or something like that. Japan oh, really? or something like that. And that's where one of the internment camps are. And my dad oh. would say, this is where one of the, the campus, the camps wow. were. Yeah, we're not too far away from that. No. Wow. I hope your dream doesn't come too, Schnooks. I do too. <laughs> it's definitely in the back of my mind all oh my the time. 
this cooking you did tonight is going to be good practice. Yes. You're going to be cooking. You better start. I don't think you can cook in the FEMA camps. I think they slop that stuff on yeah. your plate, on the, those metal trays like prison. You should start looking up recipes for cockroaches and rats. <laughs> we had a gecko in the garage, apparently. Like, there's no gecko in the garage. No? No, maybe a lizard. Oh, what makes it a gecko? Because <laughs> my daughter was calling it a Rainforest. Gecko. Oh, Geckos oh, river, river, oh river. okay. Yeah. You can't call every lizard a gecko. Figures. <laughs> no, there's regions where these different animals. Never mind. Um, but uh, yeah, lizard. Lizard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a gecko, I guess, could escape from like one of the neighbor's homes and then come over here. From the Amazon? It is possible. No, I mean, they have geckos as pets. Oh. But you have to put them in a terrarium and then you have to have certain lighting and that kind of Can stuff. Can you imagine to this fancy gecko just ended up in our garage? That fancy gecko. Like, like Ginger. Trying, like, to, just, <laughs> trying to escape. Trying to sell us insurance? No, it was escaping his abusive uh, handlers next door. Actually, I think the gecko might be from Australia or New Zealand, actually. I think that's where they made it come from. I mean, uh, it's definitely not the deserts of California. No. The gecko does okay. not come from the desert. They come from more of a humid area. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> that was helpful. That was helpful. And they lick their eyes clean because they don't have tear ducts. So they lick that dirt off their eyes. What? Australia. They are See? from Australia. I know stuff. See that? That's why, the, so that's why the gecko commercial, it has an Australian accent. <laughs> See, that's, that's why. It's, it's all an coming Australian together. gecko it's all selling together. Americans insurance. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else, my love? That's it for Are we me. getting ready to... Well, it's past 10 o'clock. Yeah, and I got to still go stuff these backwards. Good. Yes, they're cooling right now. I probably shouldn't have one before I go to bed. Oh, no, they're good. You've got to have one. But didn't you hear the comedian who said the, the most reason that we stay up late at night is because people eat sugary cookies at night? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Priscilla, it was great seeing you at church today. We got yes. to sit next to Priscilla. It was awesome. Good message tonight, or tonight, this morning. And it's still birthday time, so happy birthday. Yes. It's yes, Priscilla's yes. birthday today. Oh, it was her birthday today. The big six zero. Oh. I Sorry. thought she was just sharing Sorry. what she was did I on her birthday. To, was I not supposed to say your age, Priscilla? Priscilla and I are the same age. She looks like she's like half my age. Yes, she does. Wow. But you, you look young too. So she looks like <laughs> mid-20s. You look like mid-40s. I was listening to something or watching somebody, I don't know, it was on TV and he goes, yeah, I'm 50, I turned 54 today. I go, whew, you look like you turned 70. <laughs> all about how you take care of yourself <laughs> but not priscilla i mean she's like she's looking young and spry spry yes that's okay thank you <laughs> yeah i didn't know i'm sorry priscilla happy birthday i didn't say nothing to her today really i didn't say happy birthday i don't think didn't you say did you hear us talking about her birthday i kind of thought it was her uh granddaughter oh that's what i kinda she's know. embracing 60. you do it you do it well sister yes you do you were sauntering around <laughs> The men were looking at you as you walked away on the aisle. Sashing. Yeah. Thought, Is that your daughter you're walking with? <laughs> she said, no, it's my granddaughter. <gasps> your granddaughter. You don't look like it's a granddaughter. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, all right, then. Glad, glad you joined us, Priscilla. It was great seeing you today. And happy birthday. I'm so sorry. I didn't uh, I didn't know. I really did. I thought it was her, her granddaughter's it's birthday. It's okay. Oh, well. Uh, making up for it now. All right. Now, anything else? Or should we go on and on about Priscilla's 30, 30th birthday? <laughs> That's 
I think we covered it. I think we covered it. <laughs> the one thing, one thing, maybe now that you are so um, amazing in the in the kitchen with your baking, which is funny because you don't need anything with flour. No, but yet we were making macarons. There's no flour in that. Really? Yes, uh, that's the whole point. <laughs> are you kidding? That's why we're perfecting the macaron because they have no flour. Okay. Almond flour. All right. So now that you're a baker, Priscilla can show you how to be a a seamstress. Oh yes, uh, she can. Yes, man, you're gonna be so well rounded. <laughs> You're gonna be. I cannot wait until you say. You know what, Andy? I can't I wait go, to tell my mom that. I want to go mom get. I'm buying a sewing machine yeah. just to make my own clothes. She'll be like, Ah, what's happening? What kind of sewing machine? Is that? I was gonna say Kirby, but that's a vacuum cleaner. What kind of um... singer? Singer. Actually, up until six months ago, we had one. I finally donated it away. We had a brand new one that Zara wanted to learn to sew, and we never used it. You didn't break it out and show her how to do it. Show her how to do it. <laughs> show her how to do it. I have no idea how to do it. I couldn't even turn it on. You didn't make your own head coverings as a Muslim? No. No. I had them made. I, was... I did not make them. I couldn't even sew a button. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes, I'm learning how to bake for some. It's comical. I saw lots of things. I had a sewing machine. My mom had a sewing machine. My sister had a sewing machine. I took sewing in high school. I had a whole year of sewing in high school. Wow. I saw the shirt that I sewed. I still have it. I know you find it shocking, but I do. You want me to break it out and show it to you? <laughs> it was a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, there's a surprise. It was, <laughs> it was a Hawaiian shirt and it had a pattern, of course. All Hawaiian shirts have patterns. And I made the pocket on the on the shirt, and I don't know if this is like this is like something you're not supposed to do, but I made sure that the pocket where it it, it matched. Yeah, it's supposed to. So that you couldn't even tell. Like it's almost like a hidden pocket yeah. because I made it so that it was like with the palm tree, it it everything was exact. It was Jeez. terrific. Yes, we're gonna go look at that shirt. <laughs> we may bust it out for you folks tomorrow. Exactly. See, Priscilla called it. He took sewing for a year to meet the girls. <laughs> and He's cookie. no dummy. And cookie. That's right. He learned how to make the uh, the gizmos, the cream puffs. Oh, look at that. Yeah. And then I had to put the the the, okay. the thread into the okay. into the needle. <laughs> Thanks, love. Because I was I was okay. yes, I had a talent for that. Oh. <laughs> it's late, Schnooks. <laughs> uh, I took something good school to me. Oh, that's just what you just said. Yeah. Uh, and Hedia can teach me to bake. There you Look go. At that. That's very good. All right. People have had enough of this shenanigans. I can't believe you get us started on these things, Hedia. What should we tell people about? Edify. Oh. The what? podcast network, the Christian Podcast Network, edify.app. That's E D I F I.app. If you can find our podcast, subscribe. We would be very blessed by that. Yes. And then don't forget to have joy in your adversity. Cheerful holiness, folks. That's the message for today. Cheerful holiness. <clears throat> Run out and tell everybody that Jesus Christ loves you and is willing and died for you to be saved. Yes. All right, my friends. We love you. Good night. God bless.